Welcome to the first ESNA podcast on higher education and science policy. Today's topic is the situation of PhDs of doctoral education in Europe. The EUA, European University Association in Brussels, is organizing a conference about it on June 18th and 19th in Munich. And we are talking to EUA Head of Unit Thomas Jorgensen. Hello, Mr. Jorgensen. You're organizing this year's meeting of the EUA Council for Doctoral Education. The Bologna Conference in Yerevan has just taken place. Apparently, doctoral education has been one of the issues discussed in the forum. It's part of an overall trend that uh, there is an increased political attention and public attention to doctoral education because it's it's seen as an important element of innovation policy, first of all. And this is what we've we've seen in the last 10, 15 years is that you had this this quite considerable growth in doctoral education. It, it's become a much bigger field and it's, it's much more important to national policies. If you want to, to have a knowledge society, uh, you need to train researchers. This is very clearly doctoral education. Um, you have published this paper, The Shapes, the Shape of Things to Come, right? Yeah, the conference is part of the development of this paper, where we say, well, now we take stock of what happened in the last 15 years, 10, 15 years, with the Salzburg recommendations, the establishment of doctoral schools, um, the growth in doctoral education. So what we've seen is that doctoral education have it has gone from being this semi-private thing that happened between a supervisor and a supervisee, and now it's much more strategic, embedded part of the university activities. What does that actually mean for doctoral education? Well, if doctoral education is an embedded part of universities, then those challenges are also challenges to doctoral education. The doctoral title is the most, let's say, unorganized, self-organized part of study um, or postgraduate study um, is becoming something new. The core of, you know, independent research under supervision, that remains, and that's really the main part of it, because science is changing. So the whole open science debate, universities establishing repositories, having uh, different kinds of publication policies because they want to engage in open access. What does that mean to the doctoral thesis, for instance? Should, should doctoral candidates be encouraged or even forced to share their data before publication? Uh, are the supervisors equipped actually to, to guide them? All these things are new or, and, and, and universities need to act, act on these. We do have the structures to do it, but we need to find out what are the good practices in all these areas. And it goes from, you know, digitalization, unbundling, open science, the ethics question, capacity building, uh, to the service to society mission, um, what kind of, of uh, programs do you want with what kind of, of, of external partners from, you know, large cap industries, small, medium-sized enterprises, what do you do with government? All these things that if you think about doctoral education 30 years ago, nobody would worry about because it, it, it was a one-to-one -one relationship between doctoral education, the doctoral candidate and the supervisor. So let me ask just one question about how um, this conference is going to look like. We've 
it's done this for, for about seven years, having these conferences where we talk about these issues. But what we have looked about on in the last, let's say, in the last year, is um, specific areas where we think new things are happening, uh, and that is, has particularly been in the area of open research and open education. So we're going to talk more in detail about that. We're going to discuss these things with representatives of the funders of the European Commission um, with the universities to have a discussion of the future of doctoral education that involves not only universities but also a range of other stakeholders. Who are the people who should attend um, this conference to learn what? Anybody who's, who's interested in doctoral education should attend. So non-university stakeholders, let's say funders, quality assurance agencies, uh, politicians, etc., should come there to learn about what actually universities are doing and what are the, what are the challenges seen from their point of view. Universities should come to be aware about the challenges that, that they will face in the immediate future um, and to learn from each other. And everybody should come to network and, and be part of the European discussion on doctoral education. So it's the most uh, comprehensive event on doctoral education in, in Europe. So it's, it's really the place to be. What, what will be the, the most problematic aspects of doctoral education today in your, in your perspective? And I, I think one of the real thorny issues is the critical mass of research. And uh, be able to have a wide but high quality provision of doctoral education. Should we focus our funding just on the very big universities with high research capacity, or should we give possibility for the small excellent programs and the universities that are maybe not on the top but have innovative ways of doing things and do things in areas where the big ones are not so 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 uh, prominent. So that your 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 conference also um, is there to sensibilize the policymakers to 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 be careful with the, with their funding policies for doctoral education. Absolutely, it it, it, it is a, a chance to discuss that. Uh, how do you see generally the contractual situation and the work security, payment security? of doctoral students? We tend to prefer the employment situation. We know it works well. I mean, the, the Brits have a student a student status and they're happy. Um, but what is good about the employment status is that, that um, you get to treat them like professionals. And that means also give, give doctoral candidates higher degrees of responsibility and, and independence. The other thing is that um, competition for the good ones is tough. You don't want to have good people going into the private sector because they get a higher salary and a pension. Do you think there is an, um, a disequilibrium um, uh, in the funding for doctoral um, work um, for uh, humanities and humanities and social sciences on one side and the technical and uh, other um, natural sciences on the other side. Do you see a conflict there or is this everything fine? No, no, on the European level, I, I can't speak about every, you know, 28 different funding, funding systems. 
But on the European level, in Horizon 2020, it's definitely not fine. I mean, there are very clear numbers for this. That there's not there's not enough space for social science and humanities, and social science and humanities are often seen as sort of auxiliary sciences. So you have the real project is the STEM project. Yeah. But there's very little understanding of the profound reflection on society and on the human condition that happens in in the social science and, and humanities. So everything is definitely not fine there. But on the other hand, you know, you, it's also a, 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 the task of the social scientists and, and the, the, the people from humanities to promote that and, and make that case. One of the reasons why STEM is so prominent is also that STEM has been very, very good at making the case and politically much more savvy than Mr. Jorgensen, thank you very much. My name is Tino Brömme and we'll be back soon with a new podcast on science and higher education policy by Esna Media. Goodbye.